And next tonight, imagine something, something, something different. Hi, everyone, and welcome to DSA San Francisco's The Priority. On this podcast, you'll hear education sessions and reports from our chapter priority campaigns, including how you can get involved in our fight for socialist transformation in San Francisco, across the country, and around the world. Today's episode will be the training portion of an introduction to our chapter's Labor Circles campaign, held on Sunday, October 17th. Thank you, everybody, for making it out here today. Um, Today in the training, we wanted to start by focusing on how do we actually have organizing conversations with coworkers? Um, There is something that a lot of union organizers will talk about, which is literally just how do you talk to your coworkers about moving people to action, about bringing people in to a fight, right? So why is it that organizers focus so much on just how to talk to workers, right? Why is it that we put so much of an emphasis on this or it's something that we do every day? Everybody has had a job. Everybody has talked to their coworkers here, right? It's something that on the one hand seems to be relatively straightforward, something that everybody knows how to do. Uh, But you talk to almost any Union organizer, and one of the things that they will put a huge amount of emphasis on is what do conversations look like that actually move workers into struggle and into fights, right? The reason that we focus on it so much is that really comes back to organizing is about fundamentally changing the balance of power in a workplace. And that's whether or not you already have a union, whether or not you're forming a union for the first time, Organizing for power means shifting the balance of power. And most of us, that is not how we are used to going about our work lives or really any part of our life, right? We're used to sort of boss us out of the power. They tell us what to do. And that's just kind of how it goes. So we, when we're having these conversations, we are intentionally trying to upend that. This comes back to why employers will fight so hard whether it is to stop a union from being formed in the first place, whether it is paying an incredible amount of money to fight back against a contract campaign. In a lot of cases, they actually spend more money fighting against workers than what it would cost to actually grant the workers' demands, which is kind of an amazing thing when you step back and think about it. But they understand why. It's because it's fundamentally less about money than it is about workers having power. And over the decades, over the, say, the centuries even, um, that workers have gotten together, tried to organize, bosses have developed really sophisticated and effective techniques to scare the shit out of workers, to stop them from coming together and collectively using their power. There's so many things that we as organizers need to do. Our, our whole, everything that we need to do is essentially pushing back against that. And the single 
tool that we use more than anything else is what we call an organizing conversation. And really the heart and soul of any campaign is that we need to build the trust between workers and the solidarity between workers to the point where that is stronger than the fear that then they have of the boss. So that is really what we're talking about when we're talking about these types of conversations and these types of tools. So what do we mean? It's beyond just like, hey, go talk to your coworker, right? Say, hey, let's go march into the boss's office, right? There's a little bit more to it than that. So we're going to go through a little bit how we model these, how we think about having these types of conversations in a way that's kind of shown to be effective and kind of pulling people towards taking action here. So to look at it on the larger scale first, this is generally what it looks like, right? There's three parts of an effective organizing conversation, right? That you can roughly break it down to three questions, right? You're talking to somebody, you're talking to them about what is at stake. You're talking to them about what is it gonna take for us to actually win? And then asking them about if they are going to actually do it. And we're going to, again, jump into that, into the details of that just in a second. There's a lot of different um, models that organizers will use that essentially gets at this same thing, that we want to get at what is actually important to people, right? Beyond just like, hey, my boss sucks, getting beyond complaining, and then going to, okay, here's how our actual vision for action, here's how that actually ties into that and directly asking people to do it. They all have those same elements. The percentages that you see up there, really that's kind of the amount of time you should spend on each part of these conversations, right? So we always say that you can never spend too much time on talking about what's at stake or the agitation part of it. That is by far the absolute most important part of this. Um, Everything else is important too, but it all flows out of that. So to go into this in a little bit more detail here, this question of talking to people about what is at stake um, and, or some people call it agitation. And we'll actually provide some examples of that um, going forward. But the most important part of this is to ask people open-ended questions about what is important to them in their job and in their life what about this job affects them and how, right? Uh, you, one of the kind of more common mistakes is to kind of assume what somebody is upset about, what somebody's pissed off about or what the most important thing to them is, right? Like going and saying like, hey, it sucks how much, how little we get paid, right? We need to get paid more, right? Where we don't actually know if that's their main issue. Their main issue might be that they don't get any vacation days, right? So, but we're not going to know that until a worker actually tells us. Obviously, the more that we're open with people, the more that they are going to talk to us about um, what, how things are affecting them. Another kind of common organizing mistake that I've seen people do is just sort of almost seems like they're interrogating people and like just weirdly just asking questions over and over again. And then I've never been able to achieve this, but I was always told that the goal is to try and have a conversation where the other person is talking 80% of the time and you as their coworker who's consciously trying to be an organizer here are talking to 20% of the time, right? 
you know, it's with all of these stuff, you don't, don't worry if it's not perfect. It's literally never perfect, but these are just some of the things you want to kind of keep in mind. Um, so to kind of continue to move through before we talk about some examples of what this actually looks like. Once we've talked to somebody about what is important to them, you know, how did this job affect their life? You know, is it that they have trouble paying their bills? Is it they are so tired and stressed out because, you know, you know, they're a production assistant on, you know, some shitty Netflix show and they get four hours of sleep a night, right? Our next task is to actually talk to talk about what it is that we're doing, right? Explaining the action that like there's we're specifically asking them to be part of, right? There's this acronym that people use sometimes that these this part of the conversation should have, there should be hope saying that like, look, this does not have to be like this, right? There can be a different way that this workplace looks. We're not locked into this. It has to have urgency, which means that we need to actually move on this, right? This isn't just something we are going to do in the distant future. We need you to be part of this. And then you, meaning that, and pe people who have tried to talk to their coworkers about, you know, taking action, probably have gotten the response of, hey, you know what? I, I need to keep my head down, but I support you 100%. I think what you guys are doing is great. I'm so happy for you. So part of this needs to be why that specific person that we're talking to, why they need to take action in this. And then the inoculate, that's a whole conversation in itself, right? But we want to give people a little bit of a sense of how their boss is going to react, right? Um, because it is, uh, we want them to hear that from us first, right? Again, that's a much larger conversation, but it's always good to have that as part of it. And lastly, it's honestly, this is one of the things that I, I find that people kind of forget to do the most, which is literally just directly asking somebody, are you going to do this? Right. And it can come down to things that are as simple as saying like, you know, uh, hey, do you think you could do this? I can think anything. So if somebody asks if I think I can do it, I can say yes and not show up and I didn't lie, right? Or, you know, taking maybe for an answer, right? There's And there's obviously you want to walk a line where you're not being extremely aggressive and not being like, tell me if you're going to be there or not, right? But one of the concepts that I think I got taught as kind of an organizer early on is that if we're trying to get somebody to take action and they're not, we don't think they're going to, having somebody actually tell us, no, I am not going to go on the picket line. I am not going to go with you into the boss's office. That's useful, right? Because at that point, one, we know how this person feels. We know how, we know where they stand, right? And we can also talk to them about being, about saying like, hey, well, what's, what's going on? Usually it's because somebody's scared and we can talk to them about what they're actually scared about. There's a lot that we can do there. We can't do anything with maybe, right? Um, so one, some of the things we do is directly asking people, hey, can I count on you to be there, right? And using definite phrases rather than like, do you think you could make it, right? Because really our goal is we want to get that type of commitment from somebody. So that's kind of like what this looks like, again, as a whole. And there's a few things that we want to emphasize, which is that 
don't worry if it's not perfect, right? One of the most like light bulb moments that I had in kind of like my trying to trying to be a union organizer and working on this stuff is if I kind of like drilled this stuff, this model into the back of my head. And then when I actually talk to somebody, not attempt to follow the script at all, right? And just engage with somebody. And these things will come to me where it's like, oh, and I need to remember to like ask them a little bit more about how this part of their job affects them. Anybody can tell you that in real life, this might not just be like one conversation where like you sit down with somebody at break and it's like you have an unbroken half hour long conversation where you go through all of these. That's also fine, right? It's, this is kind of like the ideal model that we want to kind of have in our heads where we're like, this is, this is what it looks like when we motivate people. And if it's not perfect, if it doesn't look exactly like that, if it's spread out over a long amount of time, that is all fine. It's not a big deal. Um, so we're going to kind of give an example in a moment here, but before we do, do people have questions about any of this? I know we just kind of ran through a lot right now. Hey, yeah, thanks, Evan. Um, so I guess one thing, I guess it's kind of like a question and a comment was, um, you know, I think folks here maybe don't necessarily know how this would be applicable in their workplace. So I guess this is something we'll get into like in the practice, but it's worthwhile to think about like what is something that's critically important to you in your work at this time uh, that you would wanna organize people around. And if you can't think of something specific, maybe like a picnic or <laughs> something fun, like a Halloween party, you know, how are you gonna get your coworkers to come to the Halloween party? Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We've got, we've got some like prompting examples in a moment here um, that we'll kind of get into, but I think that's a really good way to think about it. Um, what's important to you. And, and yeah, like we, one of the things that, you know, we, that I, I got told to use for leadership identification is like, if you have a workplace and you need to get everybody to a party and you can only call one worker, who do you call? So things that are just like low stakes are sometimes helpful to like think some of this through. But I think uh, Sam was on stack. Do you want to go? Yeah. So you, you talk a little bit and maybe we'll get into this later, but about like, we're trying to get people to take a particular action. Like how, how do we as organizers determine what that action is? Like, is it about having conversations and then figuring out the action after some conversations? Like how, how do we actually, you know, figure out what the thing we're trying to get people to uh, move into is? Yeah. So this is kind of assuming that you, you have been talking to people for a while, right? And this is assuming that there's some amount of conversation about what the types of actions you need to take and what the main issues in your workplace are, right? Um, we often, when I've gotten trained on organizing stuff, we usually start with these types of conversations just because it is like such an important tool that's not always as like, I guess, it's not always as intuitive as figuring out like what the main issues in your workplace are, right? Because like any of us can find that out through conversation, right? Um, and Aditya puts a great point in here that if you're, if you're in a place where it's unorganized, um, 
an organizing committee will come up with these types of actions. It's a collaborative process. It's based on, you know, people working together and having conversations with their coworkers. Um, and then with, if somewhere where there is already a union, obviously you have a lot more space to have these conversations um, for, uh, you know, what some of the issues are. And keep in mind that if it's someone who, if, if you're, coming at this from the perspective of, okay, we're already organized, right? This can be, this could be like a union staff person implementing this, right? It could be that, or it could be, you know, just rank and file workers talking to each other. Um, it could be taking action against the boss, or it could be talking, you want to start some sort of reform caucus. Um, and this, this same thing, uh, the same thing kind of applies, right? And then Mark asked a question as well. Sorry, I'm multitasking here. Mark asked, is this, is this based on a specific organizing model for conversations, experience, both? Uh, both, um, there's a lot of unions, like uh, I started as a member of Unite Here, the hotel, work, hotel food service, casino workers union. Um, and we got trained on a very similar model to this. Um, and so a lot of this is kind of combinations of those, of, of specific models like that, that unions utilize kind of along with experience from a lot of people who have been, you know, part of these, uh, you know, who, who have tried to implement these types of organizing tactics and strategies. And keep in mind too, like that what we're talking about here is an action can be anything, right? An action can be as big as, you know, go on strike, join a picket line, or an action can be small as, hey, uh, come to the meeting tonight, Because right? <laughs> anybody who's tried to do organizing or, you know, uh, tried to build their union knows that even just getting people to a meeting can be a pretty big lift. So with, with all that, why don't I think it might be a good idea for us to kind of walk through some of what this looks like in practice. So, Patrick, I'm going to call you to the mat. Hi. So Hello. How's it gone? So, let me see one second here. So, these are jumping ahead a little bit. These are some of the kind of practice scenarios, kind of based on like really, really common situations that we run into in terms of organizing right um and so when we go into breakout rooms we'll be um kind of just like picking these off of the board and again this is assuming a little bit of, of this is a little bit not quite reality because we don't always we're not going to like know exactly what somebody's response is going to be um going into it but but yeah, me and Patrick are going to run through some of this. Um, I'll be trying to I'll be trying to organize Patrick with expert organizing judo skills. But Patrick, do you want to pick one off the board of which which worker you want to be? Mm, number two. Okay, so this is about um, we mentioned this before. So like asking people to take action. This is you know this could be like you're in an unorganized place and you're talking about going public, trying to get them to do something publicly. 
they're like, you know what, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent, but I just need to keep my head down. So, all right, again, this is the expert correct way to do it. And let's, let's practice. So Patrick, how's it going, man? Chill. Hey, bro. So we're, you know, we're taking this union thing, you know, about it, right. We're doing the union. Um, and like when we, when we take it public, it's like, you know, everybody's got to like wear a button and it's really important. And I need you to do that too, because like, it's, it's just, it's just really important that you wear the button. Um, so like, what do you think about that? Man, I don't know. Like I'm down with it. I just don't want to put myself out there like that. You know what I mean? No, I know. I get it. I get it. I get it. That's, that makes total sense. I mean, like, would you think about doing it though? Yeah, I mean, look, it's like, it's, it's basically like, you know, we get paid shit here. It sucks. You know, it's like, yeah, I agree. it's, and, and the, if you don't want to get paid shit anymore, like you need to wear the button. Okay. Yeah. So can I, don't you, know. Like, I don't know. I feel kind of pressured to do this. All right. Well, just like, can you think about it? Yeah, I guess I can think about it. Okay, cool. I'll get back to you. All right. Okay. <laughs> so can I get some popcorns and you can just come off mute and just say like, what, what maybe didn't work about that? I'm going to stop screen sharing for a second here, but yeah, anybody can jump in here and just say what, what did not work there? He didn't ask him anything about what's going on in his life or anything like that. Yes. Yeah. What's important. Absolutely. Uh, Socrates, you want to go ahead? Uh, yeah. Also, um, you didn't give any like reasoning, like background for the reason for wearing these things. Right. Absolutely. Anybody else? Uh, you I, didn't get like, oh, go ahead. Yeah, like he didn't come to it on his own, right? Like you want people to kind of come to the realization on the quote on their own uh, and clear that wasn't what was happening. Yeah, absolutely. Other other things people want to add and go yeah, you told him what the issue was. <laughs> We're being paid shit here. So better to ask them what their issues are. Exactly. Exactly. And you definitely took maybe for an answer. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Um, maybe you didn't communicate what exactly is the importance and, and the point of what Union Pen is. Yep. Absolutely. Great. Cool. So, I, you know, it's, it's funny, but I also think it's helpful, like, to just make it a little bit more concrete, because the weird, the, the funny thing is, like, that first example, that's a lot closer to how, like, most people communicate with each other, right? And most people communicate with their coworkers, too, which is, again, comes back to this whole thing about, like, it's almost a strange idea practicing talking to people, but that's why, because it's somewhat counterintuitive, and it's not kind of what we're used to, right? So um, so we're gonna try that one more time. So me and Patrick, we're gonna we're gonna do this one more time and see see if we can do it somewhat differently, right? So yeah. all right. So Patrick, how's it going, man? Chill. So, yeah. How have yeah. things been how things been at work lately? Yeah, you know, they're going, you know. Yeah. Um, are you have you been following? I know it's 
bit about kind of what's been what's been happening. You know, we've been organizing a little bit um, and trying to get ready to take a lot of what we're doing doing public. Um, and I get I guess I just wanted to ask you, we're we're trying to have conversations with people about like what what do you feel like is the most important thing that we need to work on here or that we need to improve? You know, I think manager accountability is one thing that I've been kind of thinking about. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Like, is there anything specific you mean by that, though? Yeah, sometimes I feel like these managers just do kind of whatever the hell you they want and we're kind yeah. of just there licking boots. Yeah, I mean, I got disciplined um, last month. Um, I got a write-up and literally on the write-up sheet, it said like we couldn't actually prove that you did this, but we think that you did it. So we're gonna give you a write-up for this. And like, it was just kind of ridiculous. It was like, it felt really shitty. And just like, I didn't even, I didn't even want to finish my shift that day, but I had to, I just had to kind of put my head down. Yeah. Yeah. As, have you seen anything like that happen at all? I was like, yeah, bro, this is fucking, uh, what is it? We get like reviews or whatever. I've been told straight up that they don't give anybody like five-star reviews. They don't give anybody that. So Wait, they don't like, they just don't do that at all? Nah, like, you know, the highest we'll get is like four stars. And it's like, how do I improve myself if I could never get five stars? You know did, I mean? did they say why? No. So they're just like, for no reason at all we're just like gonna make sure we don't let you get to that highest point yes okay it sucks <laughs> damn dude like so how are you supposed to move ahead and like I, kind of like bruh that's what i'm saying like what like where's the accountability for these managers dog it's fucking wild yeah <laughs> look i mean the way that that we see it is that like it's so much in terms of managers that are completely unaccountable, like the way this company ask, acts, it's just like they kind of treat us like we're completely disposable. And like what we're trying to do with like, like, you know, organizing here is we're trying to show them that they need to take us seriously. They need to listen to us. Right. Yeah. But the thing is the only way that that is actually going to work is if all of us are showing them that we're not scared, right? How do we do that? Well, it's basically what we want to do is next week on Wednesday, we want to have every single person who works here come in wearing a union button to show them that like, hey, we're in solidarity. We're not going to back down. We're not scared to tell you that we're for the union. Right? Oh. And that's the first step towards showing them that like they're not the only people who have power here. Right. So next Wednesday, I'll give you the pin now. Okay. Can you commit to making sure you come in wearing that? Yeah. Am, am I the only one doing this? Because I don't want to do this if I'm by myself. You know what I mean? No, absolutely not. Yeah. We are not going to do this unless we have an overwhelming majority, unless it's basically almost everybody in here. Because that's really, that's where the power comes from. If it's just you and me walking in there wearing buttons, they can kind of dismiss that. If it's every single person, that sends a message that we have got the power, right? Yeah. Do you want me to help out with that? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Can you come with me and talk to um, Joe Bob, Billy Bob? 
Dude, I'm all about Billy Bob, dog. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's roll. All right. Cool. Okay. (laughs) So again, like some of this stuff, it's like, we practiced this like last week and like Patrick, like gave me a much more like realistic type of response. And I was like, you usually can't do this in real life. Like turn down the difficulty level of, of your conversations with your coworkers. But you know, again, this is just sort of like trying to demonstrate this is the, the ideal version. But what, again, similar people can just let us know, what are some like differences between that and the last one we did? Uh, like right off the bat, you, uh, made, you, you did like the 80-20 thing where you let uh, Patrick talk about like what his struggles were in the workplace. You didn't like... Uh, decide what his problems were. Yeah, absolutely. Like tried to listen a whole lot more. Uh, Kara. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think one of the things that kind of stuck with me was at the end when you were basically like allowing him to sort of express like why he might be like reticent to like actually do it and like assure, you know, like even after all this, like assure him that like everybody else is going to be on board with this as well. And that like he won't put himself at risk. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it's like, we didn't get into this too much, but the one thing that I, I didn't do this time, which I should have done, which was I, I skipped over the inoculation part. Right. And he actually gave me an opening to do that, which is like, what I should have done would is say like, you know what, like, they might actually really give a shit for this. Right. And like, you know, I can't 100% guarantee that they won't retaliate against you. But like, this is important enough that we should still do it, right? So it's like, walking that line of like, yeah, we're not going to do this unless we've got an overwhelming majority. But at the same time, like, you know, let people know that like, like, we we have to be honest and straight up with people about what the possibilities are. I, I mean, Patrick was definitely, uh, you know, low, low difficulty, but I really like that when, uh, it was clear that Patrick was down to do this, like, and was also ready to get involved. You like immediately took that step, like, oh yeah, like, how do how do you how to get Patrick involved, helping organize this, right? It's not just like, oh, you're the organizer and Patrick's the one being organized. It's like, oh, you got him in and brought him in, uh, and you know that's how it spreads. That was great. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, um, you know, that's that's kind of like your your dream situation if you're talking to your coworkers and they're like, and now I'll help too, right? Um, but it's like, yeah, you never want to miss those opportunities if people like show that they're willing to step up. Uh, yeah, Matt, you want to go? Yeah, sorry, there's some uh, kitchen noise going on. Um, I think the, the big thing that I noticed is that you didn't breathe right into the ask um, when you kind of you know, had that initial conversation and, and you didn't really get a strong response. Um, you didn't just kind of say like, Hey, this is what we're doing. Um, you really tried to get him to, to start thinking about why he would do, why he would, he would do anything. Right. Hmm. Yeah. That's like the single best piece of advice I've ever gotten from like an organizing mentor. And like, I have to fucking tell myself this all the time. I remind myself this all the time. Single best piece of advice is just slow down. Like, like just slow down, especially if you're having a conversation with somebody about like what they want to change about their workplace or their union or whatever. Right. Um, 
you can never spend enough time talking about that and like allowing somebody to like get into what it is about this thing that motivates them. Like one example um, that like I, when I was like early on, I was trying to do like hotel organizing and the kind of like lead I was working with said, was asked, said, Hey, did you talk to this guy? And I said, yeah, yeah. He's upset. He wants to support the union. And I got asked, well, what is he upset about? And I said, yeah, he's upset about wages. And he stopped me and he said, look, only Marxists are upset about wages, like the concept of wages. Like, is he like, does he feel like he deserves more? Does he feel like he can't pay his bills? Like wages is not a real thing. Right. So um, that's just, again, something that stuck with me. It's like, you know, vacation time is not something that people are upset about, like not being able to like take time to like see their family and they haven't seen them in x amount of time and that sucks like that that is what actually motivates people rather than even more than like political commitment or anything like that but cool um any any other thoughts i think next we're going to kind of break out into move into some of these breakout rooms but yeah socrates go ahead um more of a question but um how do you think the conversation is different when um, you're earlier in a campaign when you don't have specific actions to like ask people to commit to like uh, and maybe you haven't talked to these people even uh, when you've talked to them because they're your coworkers, but you haven't had any organizing conversations with them yet. Right. That's a really good question. Um, Aditi, I think, mentioned this before they were talking about like, um, you know, a lot of the time it's like, especially if you're if you don't have a union yet and you're kind of an underground campaign still um you know you the the thing that allows you to like move this forward is an organizing committee and so typically at that point in the process most of these organizing asks are like will you come to the organizing committee meeting like at that that is the single most common thing like will you come to the meeting um which again anybody who's tried to organize can tell you that is not a small lift to get people to the meeting, especially if they're not already like ideologically committed, you know, and even if they are, sometimes it's really hard, but you know, yeah. So yeah, it can be as small as, yeah, if you're using whatever communication channels you're using, like we had, um, we had like a, a signal chat on, on a recent campaign I was helping out on. And so like one of the, the direct organizing asks was, um, you know, can I add you to this communication channel? Right. Yeah. Or like Chris said, Hey, can, can you sit down and like, are there like people that you're tight with that you might be able to help us talk to too? Like, having somebody like commit to helping you with like the basics of those types of kind of early organizing things. And again, so it can be as small as that, or it can be, and look, if you are, if you are at a place where it's already organized, come to the meeting is still a huge ask, right? Trying to get people to actually participate in their union and show up to things is not a given, right? like trying to get people to actually show up to a meeting and participate and be part of the discussion. That's a huge culture shift for any workplace, even if it already is, um, even if it already is represented by a union. Um, 
And then even going beyond that, like taking any amount of action, even small stuff like signing a petition, you know, it's the same thing. It can be, it can be a big lift to get people to do that. Um, any other, any other thoughts here before we start moving into uh, some of the breakout rooms and practicing? Sean had a question. Oh, sorry, I missed that. More of kind of like a comment, and I don't know if I'm getting out of order of the plan teaching of things today, but uh, it seems like the we're getting into the conversations, but just out of the context of like mapping out who you talk to and the power mapping of the organization and yes. that kind of stuff and like identifying leaders and who you're going to make specific asks for in the development of this overall process. Um, fantastic preview of our next session. That okay, is, that is, cool. that is the exact focus of, of the next one that we want to do because the beyond like actually figuring out how do you connect with people and, and move them? The single most important thing is like building like leadership and like figuring out who are the people you want to try and bring on. And that mapping is, is so incredibly important. So yeah, yes. I only thought to make that comment because it seemed like some of the questions in the chat and stuff, like it would be easier, I think, to visualize the context of these conversations in that, like just assuming that stuff's already been done. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's a really good point. Okay, great. So um, this will be the end of the recorded part. So I don't know how to wrap that up except for Thanks for listening, future people. All right.